I'm glad you chose to join us today. Today's date is September 27, 2020. The theme for uh, this morning's sermon is Becoming a People of God. The title is Water from a Rock. The text I'll be reading from is Exodus chapter 17, beginning at the first verse. Last week, the Israelites were grumbling about their lack of food, and God miraculously provided for them, if you remember, birds that one evening, and then manna in the morning. Today, the people are thirsty. Keep in mind that God is transforming them into his people, a people of God. Today, we would call it becoming Christ-like. Our text this morning, Exodus chapter 17, starting at verse 1. It goes as follows. The Lord, at the Lord's command, the whole Israelite community left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Riphidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you putting the Lord to the test? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told. Water gushed out of the... As the let me reread that. And water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Massa, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord here with us or not? The reading of God's word. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, this is a, another one of those incredible passages of Scripture where the people have this incredible need. And you provide for them as you have done time and time again and that you are still doing today. Father, we are becoming a people of God in our text. And they learn to trust and more than trust, to obey, to act on this trust. And Father, I just ask that you would take this date September 27, 2020, and that we, a people of God, would grasp what you're trying to say to us today. Father, we recognize that you, your spirit, is the real teacher here. So help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me start out with the very end where it says the testing of the Lord. That statement in verse 7 is, is the Lord here with us or not? 
you have to realize that this is one of the, the greatest insult we can ever say or think of God. And I believe we must include thanking as well because uh, to the one who knows our thoughts, even before we thank them, it's the same as saying them. Maybe even more so because uh, now we enter the realm of hypocrisy, which I believe is going to be judged more harshly. Let us set the stage with how God takes a redeemed people, a saved people, and transition them to his people, a people of God. He is doing it by taking care of them every step of the way. You might say they're eating out of his hand, but the people do not see it. We have the benefit of reading of their story and not necessarily living it. By our view, we know that God has not taken, was not taken by surprise that they would need water. That's our view. We know that he had a plan. We read it. The lesson, if you will, was for Moses as much as it was for the people. It was for the leader as much for the people. And for us today, ask yourself, in your most difficult situation, how do you respond? Becoming a people of God is a process. It's a journey. I love the illustration of the journey in the wilderness. Once the decision is made, then the journey begins. The course begins. Our example these past weeks have been of a newly formed nation of Israel. After putting on the banner of God, they were faced with impossible odds after impossible odds, one after the other. They were experiencing this bitter oppression. <laughs> and Pharaoh, he just wasn't getting the point. He was not letting them leave. The Bible tells us that God purposely hardened his heart, Pharaoh's heart, and he sent the ten plagues. Then there was the, the Red Sea. The Red Sea on the east and passable mountain range to the south and all of Pharaoh's army bearing down on them. Impossible odds. And then they had bitter water. I didn't, we didn't share about that, but they get to a body of water. You have to realize over 2 million people with all of their livestock <laughs> Excuse me. They get to a body of water and it's bitter. They can't drink it. And then last week we had the running out, running out of food. And then this week, now they're thirsty and there's no water in sight. These are all impossible situations. Who would have thought that they would ever get out of these predicaments? Who in their right hand mind would predict that they would be able to escape? Be able to escape Egypt's grasp? Be able to cross the Red Sea of all things? No place to turn and God makes a place for them to go to the Red Sea. And the Bible specifically says on dry ground with a wall of water on the left and a wall of water on the right. He fed meat 
In the desert? Really? And now water from a rock. That supplied water for all of their needs. I tried to envision this. Moses, by the direction of God, strikes a rock. And water comes gushing out to supply all of their needs. Who would have thought? And yet that's exactly what the God of the universe did. I'm reminded almost every time I talk to Brother Dave, we talked about Luke 137, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. I want you to ask yourself this question. Did any of these crises that I just mentioned take God by surprise? Do you see a, a knee-jerk reaction from God from any of these events? No. God knew well in advance what and how they would come about, and he knew exactly how he was going to respond. Not taking anything away from these miracles in the least, but all these, all these events, all these miracles, even the miracles of water from rock, all represent God's willingness to do the same for you. Christ followers, Let's, our pla let's place ourselves in the text. All these happenings, all these, these events represent a very real and present danger to their existence. Our text today with being thirsty and no water in sight is no different. How would you respond? Putting yourself in their sandals, how would have you acted? Would you be the one to get on the bandwagon and accuse Moses of derelict of duty? In your current situation, whatever it may be, has any of this taken God by surprise? Didn't he know that a pandemic was going to hit this past year? Didn't he know that there'd be these fires in the west and hurricanes in the south and southeast and of all things. <laughs> First week of September, snow in the Rockies, Denver, Colorado Springs. Nothing has taken him by surprise. So, knowing that, how do we respond? I believe, uh, getting right down to the nitty gritty, we have a couple choices. We can grumble and cry that it's not fair, but as Christ followers, we need to be careful. We are not putting God to the test and sending. It's not the test. It's the testing. I believe God is uh, up to an honest question of to why. I believe he's up to that. That's not the problem. But when, but we sin by stating he is unable. Is God here with us or not? 
I think we can personalize it. Like God supplied the needs of the Israelites, he will take care of our needs as well. The question is timing. Will he be early? Will he be early? Historically, no. Being on time? I believe that is where we have a problem. God is always on time, but we might have to adjust our definition of on time. In our family, we have a, a lifelong joke. You need to realize that Kathy and I were older, uh, 27, when we first started dating. Uh, we have been uh, keeping our own appointments and running our own fairs now for several years. Consequently, we have come up with our own definition of on time. <laughs> now, I don't like to be late. To be on time, to me, is being settled and ready for the appointed time. I mean, car parked, checked in, and prepared for what comes next by the appointed time. The joke is, Kathy's definition of being on time is really, really, and I might add another really early for the appointed time. Is it wrong? <laughs> not in the least, not at all. But it's a definition of being on time. Both Kathy and I would appreciate it if God had the same definition of being on time. But he does not. Becoming a people of God is a journey. It's a process of living and learning from the stories of yesterday and from our own journey. I chuckled as I was listening to a conversation where the younger sibling was stating how they were able to avoid the same difficulties by watching and learning from those who have gone before them. You know, what got them in trouble, and how to stay out of that same trouble. I believe one of the hardest lessons to learn is that God will always be there, even if it looks like he is not. To know that he always has your back. Always. Several years ago, I helped at a Pine Low Park church's camp as a challenge course facilitator. It was quite rewarding. We would work with the same group of kids all week long. Our purpose was to stretch them to trust. <laughs> trust in themselves as individuals, as a group, and ultimately trust God. For someone who loves to watch and observe people, this was incredibly rewarding. Junior high girls, they had the hardest time following their leader while blindfolded. They had the hardest time. They always had this tendency to want to cheat and peek around their blindfold, their, their eye coverings. 
By the end of the week, if they were ready, we would do this crazy trust game where they would free fall backwards into the arms of their peers. <laughs> if they were ready, we would climb up this five-foot platform. They would lace their fingers together like this, blindfolded, and with the instructions that they would have to stiff up like a board, and allow me to push them off backwards into the arms of the peers. Some would get on the platform, get all ready, and then change their mind. Some would change their mind again after the encouragement of the group. You can do it, you can do it, we got you and go through with it. For those who were able to trust, it was life-changing. Their friendship level through that bond would be for life. Scary? <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> oh yeah, it's scary. I know because I had to go through that same procedure, that same game every year. God is asking you to trust him. It's kind of like a crazy trust game, except it's not a game. It's your life. It's becoming a people of God. Big Daddy Weave took an old hymn and changed it up a little. When we walk with the Lord in the light of the, his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. But he never can prove, but we can never prove the delights of his love. Until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows. All are for those who will trust and obey. Lord, I love you. Please help me to trust and obey. Lord, I love you. Please help me to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Bow your heads with me, please. Christ followers, we are on a journey. We will have difficulties. We will have tests. We will have trials. And it will look like nobody's there to help us. And it is like a crazy trust game where God is saying, I have your back. Take the plunge. And trust that he has your back because he's never let you down. 
trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus except to trust and obey. This is only possible through the empowerment of Christ's spirit within you. So we say thank you in Jesus' name.